0: There's no joy without pain. There's no sunshine without rain. You need up and down. This is how the world works. As a man, you must build yourself. And I agree that society puts huge pressure on men, and it's time for men to perform. As a man, you either perform or you don't. It's, there's, no, there's no safety net. The men yes, who say, is. I can't feel like it, cannot compete with the men who do not say that. And it's player versus player. The man who goes to the gym every single day, regardless of how he feels, will always beat the man who goes to the gym when he feels like going to the gym. And it's player versus player. A good man controls himself. I have absolute self control. Emotional control is absolutely and utterly important as a man. You need to understand, as a man, there are certain principles under which you act, regardless of how you feel. Damn, I can wake up in a terrible mood. I can wake up sad. I can ache. I can have a, a busy day, stressed, etc. I will complete the same tasks as if I woke up in a fantastic mood. I'll do the same thing because how I feel has no bearing on the things I'm going to do in my day because I have duty to myself. There is no light without dark. You will not appreciate your six-pack unless you didn't have one and you had to earn it. That's how the world works. So when I talk to these dudes, like, oh, but it's, you know what, Tate? yeah, I agree, but you know, it's hard. It's hard. Of course it is. It's supposed to be. And if you're not cut out for it, then fuck off and live a normal existence and die. Sit there, letting other men enjoy the spoils of being a man, and f***ing die. If that's what you want to do, just sit there and exist, and then you fade into history unremembered, that's your decision. If you want to level up your character, then you need to get out here and do it. You need to be around brave men, you need to get some balls, you need to get your network together, you need to be paying attention, listen to the truth, humble yourself, stop sitting there with an ego, that's the game. But i made myself this way i wasn't born this way i absolutely and utterly made myself this way and any single one of you men out here can do the same thing i was always looking for i wouldn't say happiness or contentment but i was always looking to try and break out of the nine to five just the normal monotony of day-to-day life i think that men have a very unique life path and it's very difficult to try and achieve status as a man it's not easy to stand out from the crowd and even what women expect of an important man you need to be smart charismatic intelligent strong have a nice car nice apartment good network good friends you need to be able to handle stress You need to be competent there's so many things you need to be able to do it's difficult for a young man to even have all these things you need to start leveling up your mentality your spirituality you need to level up your ability physicality there's so many different ways you can level up like a video game character right once you have all the unlimited money you can then start ticking all the stacks boxes Knowledge. When guys say to me, okay, well, how do I make women respect me? Well, I say, well, how do you respect yourself? That's the first thing. No one's going to respect you if you don't respect yourself. Mm. Do other men respect you? Like, what, yeah. how do you act in a way that commands respect from anybody? I like, say, look, if you focus on yourself and make yourself be who you are, being a high-value male, women will detect it and it won't be so difficult yeah. for you. You have to respect yourself first and how does how does a woman respect a man when she sees that he respects himself and other men respect you need to understand that the, the world you live in as a man in my personal view has been very purposefully constructed it's been constructed in a way to destroy your masculine power and the future of the world especially in the west is a further encroachment on your sovereign ability your sovereign thoughts your base instincts the things that make you happy absolutely nobody is concerned with male happiness on any level they don't want you to be happy they want you to be miserable a miserable slave in a tax bracket and you have to understand this and the only way you can combat against it is to take significant action you have to take significant action you have to use the internet it's the tool they're using the internet is the tool they're using to brainwash the masses you need to combat it and use their own tool against them to seek out the kind of information, knowledge, and friends that you need to have around you. You You're gonna be the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So that, if if, if everyone understands that, as an intelligent person, you're gonna be extremely careful and you're gonna create heavily the five people you hang around with. So you need to be aware of what's happening around you and you need to create for yourself a social network of people who understand that and are doing their best to combat that. That is the most basic imperative of the masculine frame which has been destroyed in real time. They are trying to convince you that you should act how you feel. You should show more of your feelings. If you feel this way, you should show it. If you wanna cry, cry. Look, I have no problem with guys crying. What I'm saying is the reason they're trying to bring out emotionality in you is most of the time you don't feel like doing the things you're supposed to do. But the true masculine frame throughout history was doing the things they didn't wanna do, but they knew they had to do because they had honor and duty. When you remove self-control from men, not only do you get emasculated weak men, but you also get is very dangerous men. There are actually far less genuinely high value men than there are pretty girls. You can go to any club in any country in the world. I've been to 72 countries. You can go to any club in any country in the world and see pretty girls. If you're gonna find a young, in shape, smart, tall, intelligent, rich man, it's extremely difficult to find. And that man has options. He has more options than a beautiful girl. And I'll tell you something, there's always been a large proportion of men in the world who made the choice to stay where they are and life for them wasn't that bad but as as we reach the future and as as time goes on you're going to notice now that the people who don't chase having a masculine network if they're not going to be excellent upon themselves and they're not going to be plugged into a serious circle of of achievers their life's going to become terrible you could just be a normal dude and your life really wasn't that bad But now we live in a situation where you just can't just be a normal dude anymore. Being a normal dude is no longer an option. So as a man, you have to be doing something to try and improve your status. There's lots of different ways to do it, right? But if you're a man with truly no status in society, now it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. So you have to understand that as a man, you've got to gear your life in a certain way. One of the easiest ways to get status is who you know, right? A lot of it's networking and if you know the right people, you can get some status at least of them to some degree. Every single man on earth with enough work can become one. That's the counter side, right? So there is there is hope at the end of the tunnel, but you got to get up and do it. You know what I truly think a high-value man is? Mm. Okay, it's so a few things, right? So there's there's the obvious evolutionary triggers. The easiest way to be a high-value man is a man who's capable of violence. When you look at it from a biological trigger, it doesn't matter if he's got muscles or he's big or he's tall whatever. Women understand from a biological perspective they like a man who can fight. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your man had money, a Ferrari, everything. But if you knew for a fact that any dude stepped to him, he'd get sparked, you wouldn't want it. I right? so that's the first thing. We're suffering from cowardice. We talk about all the problems in the world. It's easy to talk about them all. But you can narrow them all down to the exact same thing. Cowardice. cowardice, cowardice. Masculine and cowardice. All of it. All of this is masculine cowardice. That's all it is. And you're not going to be able to imitate being a G. You have to go out there and you have to suffer as a man. you got to go through trauma to be a G as a man. Too many dudes out here are trying to imitate. That's what all this is. You're talking about game. You're trying to be something you're not. The real game is to be the man. That's the game. As a man, you need to go through trauma. You need to go through difficult periods. You need to go through things which are extremely uncomfortable to become any kind of man of value. Every single woman on this panel, if you were to ask her to describe the kind of man she wants, she would describe a man who she thinks makes her feel safe, who is dominating, who is smart, who is charismatic, who is interesting, etc. You cannot be all of those things by accident. Any man who grows up with a very, very easy life, who never goes through anything, who's born with a silver spoon in his mouth is the exact kind of punk which these women don't want to touch, right? Right. As a man, you need to suffer and you will survive. You need to internalize it, not become a weirdo, accept that the trauma is gonna make you strong enough to become the kind of man that's respected by society and you need to use it for your own advantage. Don't understand people who say they lack motivation in life because I'll make this extremely clear. If you're not pushing and striving for something, life is so mundane I've always had this problem with literal crippling perpetual boredom. I was bored, I had no money. I'm, I'm carrying boxes of ice, I'm a smart guy, I'm not playing chess anymore, right? This is, I'm 34 now, so this is quite a few years ago. It's before the internet, before Facebook was all big and nothing, what do you do with your life? What's there to do? I thought the only, I need to do something which drains me so that I can go to sleep at night without frustration. And if I kickbox, if I run three miles to the gym and then fight for three hours and run three miles home, at least I can sleep. I, I literally couldn't sleep. I, I, I wouldn't say it's ADHD, but I was just frustrated. And then on top of that, I've always had this huge frustration in regards to money, even though I was poor. I'd grow up around a bunch of other poor kids, and we'd be walking to school or walking to college, and a Ferrari would drive past. And they'd go, oh, cool, Ferrari. And I'd say, doesn't that annoy you? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'd be like, he knows, he's hacked the Matrix. Don't you see? How does he have 400 grand for a car? He knows something we don't know. Well, aren't you annoyed that there's people out there living a lifestyle that we can't ever aspire to? We're never going to work a job and pull this off. Doesn't this bother you? And they all be like, no. But me, it was I was always angry. I was always angry. Not angry in a go-to-jail way, but just in a... I was angry. I was like, something isn't right, something doesn't add up. So I, kickboxing was my answer. I just started kicking kicking people's ass, and I just felt a little bit better. That was kind of how it worked. At what point did you realize you were like world-class at this? So... When I my first day in the gym, I walk in, my coach, it was four Bosnian men. Men. I was a child. It was four Bosnian men in this tiny little terrible gym. It was not like a commercial gym or a commercial class. And he said, can you fight? And I said, yeah, I've done karate for a few years, That I got knocked clean out on my first day, of course. And I guess they expected me to never come back, but I kept coming back. And my coach said to me, look, after about a year, he said, look, I want to put you into a fight. And he took me down to a town called South End on Sea. And my first fight was not kickboxing. My first fight was actually MMA. And it must have been a little bit over a year because I was 18. And I was fighting a 24-year-old security doorman. And uh, being a stupid American, I thought pounds and kilos were the same. Because I weighed in at like 82 pounds, he weighed in at like 90. No, I weighed in at 82 kilo. he weighed in at 90 kilo, Which is an 8-kilo difference, which is almost like 20 pounds. And I was like to my coach, is that a big difference? He's like, no, 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 no. I was like, okay. But thinking back, a 20-pound difference is a big difference in fighting, right? And I got in there and I won. I didn't win necessarily through skill, but I just kept going and I just outgassed him and towards the end, I'm just on top of him, just punching him in the face, right? And I'm only 18 years old, so from there, my coach was like, okay, you have some potential and and for a long time, I believed it was my only way out because once again, before the internet and stuff, I'm going to college, I finished college, I don't believe in university because I'm too smart to get in debt for formal education, I'm too smart for that job. So I finished college. I'm working these sales jobs. I was always a good salesman, so I'm working sales jobs. I'm bringing in you know, 3,000, 4,000 a month, whatever. But I, I thought my only way to get rich, rich is fighting. I couldn't think of another way to get rich. And I didn't fight only to get rich, but I saw light at the end of the tunnel. So that's all I wanted to do was just fight, fight, fight. And so at what point do you go fight for the first world championship? So I fight for my first level world championship on two days notice. So I'm in Slovakia, there was a town. I'm gonna tell everyone now in this podcast, I'm gonna give the secret away. If you go, if you're bored right now, if you're watching this on the internet, load up Google Maps, right? And there's a town called Kosice, K-O-S-I-C-E. And it's on the opposite end of Slovakia to Bratislava. So Bratislava is the capital, and then you have Kosice on the other side. It's four and a half hours' drive from Bratislava. It's about four hours' drive from Warsaw and about four hours' drive from Budapest. It's in the middle of nowhere. But all the villages and all the towns, everyone around this little town, every hot girl within about 400 square kilometers lived in this town. Because there was, no, there was nowhere else to go, right? And they were all there. And when I was going there, this is pre-EU; they didn't have the euro. And me and Tristan used to go there on holiday because we would clean up. And when I say Tristan, clean up, Tristan's your brother, my brother. And when I say clean up, I don't mean clean up like you clean up on holiday with some in Mexico. I mean clean up with tens, like supermodels. It was unbelievable. And a beer is like thirty cents. And we're the only men there who speaks English. So I was in Kashitse, and then I got a phone call from Amir saying you have a world title fight in two days. I was totally drunk. And he's was, Amir? Amir's my coach, sorry. Okay. No, he's a Bosnian Muslim. He fought me in his last conference. Shot six times and he didn't die. That's cool, right? So he's still like fathers father to me. And uh, I must have been crazy. I was like, okay. I, I, I can't explain, and I want to say this in, in a way where it's truly understood. When I say I didn't give a shit if I lived or died, I don't mean that in a sad suicidal way. I mean that in an empowered charging at the gunfire. Back then, I didn't think I had anything that really made me really give a shit about living. Not, not in a not in a do-do-do-sad way, just in a, let's go out in a blaze of glory then, I'm, I'm not rich, I don't have nothing, I'm just banging girls in Slovakia, who is this guy? So it was against a French world champion, Jean-Luc Benoit was his name, and the opponent pulled out and they needed a guy on two days notice, and I had to lose six kilos, which is around 13 or 14 pounds in two days. So is that easy or hard? That's hard, bro. 13 pounds in two days is a long way. So I just started, stopped eating, stopped drinking, sitting in saunas, spitting all, all the water, just dying. Finally made weight, went to France, fought him 12 rounds, my first ever 12-round fight, as so well. fought him. And uh, they gave the decision to him, but I was wrong. I beat him. And I beat him. I beat him. I, beat him. I didn't knock him out, but I beat him. And, it, uh, is this one of the four world championships or this is the No no no, yet yeah. well it should be, yeah. But the tape was so convincing we the tape was actually sent off to the ISKA, the fighting organization, and they commanded they demanded a rematch. That's what they knew I right? won. Right? But he's France, it was he's French, he was in France. And and fighting has a lot of politics to it, you have to understand. I mean, UFC is UFC, the real big ones, but outside of the smaller ones. It makes more sense for the French promotion of a French champion. They'll sell a lot more tickets and a lot more pay-per-views with a French champion. So basically, either you knock him out or it's going to be- go... It's kind of like that, right? Um, so they commanded a rematch, and I rematched him seven months later and knocked him on the eighth. And I became world champion. Okay. Why keep going once you've won? There's always a new mountain to climb. I mean, that's kind of that's a good question, because that's also kind of the reason I quit. Because it was like, why keep going when well, there's always someone new to fight, and I'm still not financially where I want to be. And I don't know what else I want to do with my life, mm-hmm. so I'll keep going, right? So I fought again, I'd beat another Frenchman, and then I fought again, I'd be uh, two Dutch guys uh, to become four-time world champion. But one day I woke up and I was like, is becoming five-time world champion going to improve my life? I mean, I've already got, do I need five belts? How, how much money do they pay for these fights? Oh, 3, bucks, 3,000 2, bucks, 2,000 bucks. It doesn't mean you need to work on the side. You're giving up all your free time to get punched in the face. Like, it's a terrible decision. Like, I don't know why I decided to do it. But eventually, once I was world champion, I, I'd get like 100 grand to fight, but I'd give 20% to my manager, then the UK with the UK taxes, 40-50% to disappear and sometimes you only fight twice a year or whatever. I was certainly not rich. I didn't consider myself rich. So you get like rich. 30 to 40%. Yeah, yeah. And, and I didn't consider myself rich. Like 30-40 grand chunks, but twice a year, maybe three times a year. Living in London, London rents, you need a car, you mm-hmm. You know, like you're not rich in any way. And that's actually the reason I retired because I woke up one day and I thought, I'm giving six hours a day of absolute focus and energy to this. And I believe I'm smart enough that if I put that much tenacity into something else, I can be a multimillionaire. I truly believe that. I was like, I've realized now, I've reached the pinnacle of kickboxing. My choice is either to change over to MMA, which I was offered to do earlier in my career, but at the time, the kickboxing contract paid more money, I had to pay the bills, so I went to kickboxing. Change over to MMA, learn to wrestle, change over to UFC, blah, blah, blah. But this is also like seven, eight years ago, where even the UFC didn't pay the money it pays now. Mm-hmm. But well, the usc still doesn't pay that much money from what i understand no if you're like top five or champion yeah but most of the dudes you're going to see there in the prelims they're getting 10 grand to fight nine grand to fight. it's not it's nothing right mm-hmm. so it'd be like starting my career all over again and at the age of 28 i thought i don't have the gumption to start again I, I, i've done i've been through hell for this i've broken my hand eight times my ribs have been broken mm-hmm. uh, you know i, I don't want to do this all over again so so what do you do when you realize that hey maybe i don't want to keep fighting i real, i decide to get rich rich what does that mean to you? When you sit, when you're sitting there, you're getting, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 kind of net on a per fight basis. Is rich to you like, hey, I want a couple hundred thousand dollars, a million bucks, $20 million, a billion dollars? I want, I want 30 or 40,000 every month. 30 or 40,000 every month. So about half a million bucks a year yeah. gift. I okay. thought if I had that much money, I could do whatever I want. Okay. That's what I decided. So I what's wanted. step one that you do? So step one is, maybe that's how we ended up here together, my friend. Step one is, I tried, decided to be very logical about it. Chess player, right? So it's like, I want money. What is money? The most dangerous men on earth are the weak men. I think inside of every single man, we're born with a fire inside of us that we do not control, can destroy ourselves and other people. And if you look at men who have no emotional control, because that's what they're trying to teach us to have. They're saying, listen, you're a man, you're allowed to just cry all the time and have no emotional control, no stoicism, just react to your emotions. Do you know what happens when you tell men to just react to their emotions? Anger. You have school shootings, you have rape, you have violence. That's what happens when you tell men to have no emotional control. These school shooters are kids with no emotional control. Rapists are men with no emotional control. Violence and the bullshit you see on the street are men with no emotional control. Telling men to not be stoic is going to create a, a breed of violent young men who have no emotional control, can't control their emotions and act out on them. That is absolutely not really more dangerous to society than me coming along saying, listen, I don't give a fuck how you feel young men doesn't matter how you feel your duties and your responsibilities as an adult you must comply and act a certain way regardless of how you feel that is better for society as a whole especially as i'm only teaching the tenants of listen go to the gym anyway doesn't matter if you don't feel like it go anyway listen your girlfriend left you your heart's broken you're not, not stalk her. she doesn't want you get the fuck over it what i'm saying is good for the world they're saying no act out your emotions cool you're creating stalkers rapists and school shooters these people are fucking dangerous If you're not a competitive male, you're going to be perma-depressed. You don't have a mental disease. You're just in a competitive environment and you are losing. You need to become a competitive person. There's no easy way. It's going to be hard. It's going to suck. But if you get to talk G, the name, if you get there, it's a life worth living. That's what I'm saying. And then millions of young men are going, wow, he's showing that you can be born from nothing, single parent on a fucking council estate in the worst town in England, be stabbed, come from nothing and survive and end up with a, a, a multi-millionaire I, maybe I can do it if I work hard and I'm diligent and I try hard and I'm really giving hope to the world and then they delete me then they put up a new thing about men's mental health saying which pill they should take and then they put James Charles her on the algorithm this shit's evil it's, it's, it's genuinely criminal I have nothing but a positive force for the world and this is what I was talking earlier about the hero's arc and the arc and the, and the redemption, because I think that inside of human consciousness, people are very, very familiar with the idea of, of the arc of a villain turning into a hero. It's in the Bible, it's in every superhero movie. The guy starts off bad, he's crazy, he's too bad, we don't want him, he's a maverick, he can't control him, blah, blah, blah. But towards the end, you're like, where's Batman? Where's Batman at? And it's gonna take a matter of time before people realize you know what? Tate was actually a good force for the youth. Perhaps he needs to create his message. Perhaps he needs to take his newfound fame on board and change the way he says certain things. Agree, I'm not infallible as an individual. But to sit here and say, I'm dangerous and I must be deleted, is disservice to all the men of the world. And then they're gonna start printing articles talking about men's mental health. They don't give a fuck about men. They don't give a shit about the 18 year old boy out there who can't get a girlfriend that's genuinely lonely and the fucking sports star's fucking them all. I'm telling him what he has to do. I'm saying, listen, bro, of course the sports star's fucking them all, he's a G. You hate shit. If you were a chick, would you choose you? Because I fucking wouldn't. So whose fault is that? The best thing about being a man, the best thing about being a man is you get to build your character from the ground up. You're not born with any value. You're born as a blank slate. I decided I wanted to be a big toting kickboxing Bugatti driving fucking bad boy. I did it all myself. You get to choose. You want to be a musician and be sensitive and play guitar and get them that and be and be important that way. You get to choose. You want to go get in the cage, you kick the fuck out of somebody. You get to choose to be anything you want, but you have to go and do it. It's going to be difficult because it's competitive. But that's the beauty of being a man, the blank slate. And I inspire men to look at themselves as a the blank slate and go, you know what? I ain't shit now, but I can become anything I want. How could I possibly give up on myself? You are so lucky, you have all the building blocks to become the exact kind of man you want to be. If none of this shit happened to you, when something else bad happens to you later, you wouldn't be able to deal with it. Fantastic! And he goes, no, but you know, this, this, he replied again with more excuses and said, why are you making excuses? I just told you what happened to you is a good thing. You need to reframe your mind. Bad things happened to Batman They killed his parents. Do you understand that's why he's Batman? You've just told me you have the building blocks to become the most, you might become top G when I retire. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) What are you complaining about? He goes, well, what do I do? I said, you need to work. Take all that trauma. If you're truly heartbroken, my friend, and we've all been there as men. If you're truly heartbroken, you can't sleep. That means you're gonna get in fantastic shape. You better hit the gym. You have nothing else to do. Stop watching YouTube. Stop emailing me. I want pictures of you in the gym. Get to fucking work. Heartbreaks a fantastic motivator. As is depression. As is sadness. Great. Look at what's pissing you off and make sure it never happens again. If you were Jack and rich as fuck, you probably wouldn't have left your ass. So get your shit together, right? So this is so important. Trauma is such an important part of being a man. And and the Matrix talks of trying to say that trauma is terrible and avoid trauma or if you get trauma, take a pill, and da-da. And, and that's unrealistic. Trauma's going to happen to you, and you you as a man need to internalize it, accept it, and weaponize it and become the best version of yourself you can be. And that requires mental strength and stoicism. It does not require, oh, be more emotional. If you're more emotional, you're going to fall apart when shit happens. I learned this. My father was a chess grandmaster, right? And he, uh, I used to travel around America with him, and he'd play chess. And back then, there was a lot of former KGB guys who played chess in these massive tournaments. And when they spoke, they were very subversive. You, you, he'd introduce you to his girlfriend, and she'd be his wife. And then his other girlfriend, she's his wife. And then his friend is his daughter. And then they just say things that aren't really true. Another thing they do is they're very, very emotive with their hands, which is a habit that I kind of learned sometimes. So if, if they were sitting there, and, it, and, and an argument got kind of heated, they'd begin to move their hands along as they disagree. Dis- listen to me, listen, da-da-da-da. And they move their hands, because then you can't see if you're going to So they start to move their hands, and you get used to it, and then whack. Right, so there's a few things I picked up from them, but there's a degree of subversion. So if I sit and say I have five wives, or 10 wives, or one wife, or no wife, I like that the matrix doesn't completely understand why I have, that's, that's one of the main reasons I do it. The second thing is this, I sat there with a, a reporter from the Telegraph who said that, why would you have five wives if you cheat on them, they're unhappy? And I said, my friend, who are you to tell women how they feel and what decisions they want to make? How insulting of you, how how chauvinistic <laughs> are you to sit and say that women do not have the independent <laughs> thought to decide. I am prepared to share the top G because of his qualities and accolades and financial capability, as opposed to you to sit here and say they're not allowed to think that. They have to think what we believe they should think, what the Matrix tells them they should think. There are plenty of beautiful women out there who will say, you know what, a man like him, he might do this and that on the side, but you know what, he's my People will constantly tell you to, to not talk in a way which is full of conviction. They, people do not like you to have, be arrogant or have an ego. This is the worst thing ever. Let me tell you the fact, the number one facet of the G Mindset. Your life is never gonna be worse if you walk through the world believing you are the fucking man. You wake up and look in the mirror and go, I'm the, ba- I'm a, I'm the fucking man. I am the man. There's no one on this planet who can do shit I couldn't do if I put my mind to it. I don't give a fuck how good you are at piano. If I decide to play piano, I would be better than you at piano. And I believe that. I don't just say these things, I fucking believe them. And when you go through life believing you really, really are the man, there are very few downsides. Downsides are everyone's gonna call you an arrogant, everyone's gonna call you arrogant, everyone's gonna call you a dickhead, everyone's gonna say he has a big ego. You're gonna lose a few loser friends. Who cares? What you are gonna gain is other people on the same path. You're gonna gain other people saying, yeah, well, I'm the fucking man too. This guy's the man, let's make some money. That's what's going to happen. So the first thing you can do with the good gene mindset is you need to start believing you are the fucking man. Even if you're not the man yet, even before I was world champion, I knew I was going to be the man. So I don't give a fuck. And I was happy to say that to anybody. When people called me arrogant or stupid and deluded, i just sit there and look at them and say, yeah, fuck you, I'm going to be." first thing you have to believe is you're the fucking man, you can achieve anything. And when I say that, I don't want, I'm going to say that again. You have to believe you're a fucking man, and you have to believe you can achieve anything. I'm not saying you can achieve anything easily. I'm not saying it's not going to take a whole bunch of work. I'm not saying it's going to happen quickly. You have to believe you can achieve anything. I'll tell you something now. I don't give a fuck it, it's being an astronaut. I don't care about climbing Mount Everest. You give me enough time to train, I will get it done. I know that for a fact because I know who I am as a man. It's the first thing. The second thing is, you need to be perspicacious. You need to understand that in this world there's a whole bunch of people doing amazing shit that you are not doing. And that needs to piss you off. Because if it pisses you off, you become motivated all the a sudden. I was the only one who was pissed off when that Aston Martin was next to me and had my sales job. I was the only one who was pissed off when I saw that Ferrari drive gas. Other people were not annoyed by it. And they were not annoyed by it. They are not driven to beat it. You understand, they're not driven to be where that person was. You need to be annoyed and I'm telling you, I'm telling you to be angry. Anger is a fantastic force. Like I said, the world tells you not to be arrogant, it tells you not to be angry. It's two things it tells you to do. Don't be arrogant, don't have an ego, and you know, you don't have anger. You're a fucking man, you're a full-grown man. It's perfectly fine for you to be pissed off. It's perfectly fine for you to look around at your life, look at the girl you're fucking, look at the house you live in, look at the car you drive, and get pissed off and go, you know what, I want a hotter, bitch. I want a fucking nicer house, and I want a faster car. There's nothing wrong if you take that anger and you direct it in the correct d- direction. This is the reason I stopped fighting now. People go, why do you stop fighting us?" because I fought and I went through hell to get everything I now have. I had nothing, in I had nothing. And I wanted the life I now have. Now I wake up in one of my three mansions. with all my seven superpowers, we my 15 women. What do I need to fight for? Like, people have different motivations for different things. Some fighters out there you fight for other reasons. I mean, my motivation was I was pissed off at the world. And now I'm not as angry as I used to be, so I don't think I'm as good as a fighter as I used to be. Also, whoops, Max! I'm not as good as I used to be. So that's why I decided to retire early. But this is the second thing. First thing, you it a man. Second thing, you need to get angry about your situation. And you don't own the home you're in, get pissed off. If you are at a Ferrari on your drive, get pissed off. If you don't have ten Playboy Bunny level beauties, get pissed off. And well, what the fuck's... You need to sit there and realize, whoa, 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 whoa. I have a few years of consciousness and even less than that, I have a few short years as a young man. Because age will damage you. I mean, if you're a millionaire in your are 60, it's not nearly as good as being a millionaire at my age. I became a millionaire at 28. So, you need to realize you've got a few short years as a young man. You're fucking wasting it. You need to sit there and go, fuck, shit, get angry. Because getting angry, forced, directed anger is an extremely powerful force. And these are the first two things you need to do for the genius. only person who gives a shit about your life truly is you. And if you don't give a shit, then you're fucked. But point two, get angry, you're going to start giving a shit very soon. After you get angry, you need to realize that nobody is going to give you the things you want. It doesn't matter if Donald Trump is president or not. You use Trump hand. And it doesn't make a difference. No politician is going to make you rich. No one else is going to come along and say, I'm going to concentrate my effort on fixing your life. No way have to understand you're out here, alone, absolutely alone. When you understand these three things, you start to see how a mindset comes together. Nobody's gonna save you. You're fucked. It's totally down to you. You're pissed off with your current situation, and you want to change it. Plus, you believe you can do absolutely anything. This is how I thought at 18 years old. Because at a very young age, when I had my prime resource of energy and power, at 18, 19 years old, I understood those three tenets. I believe I can do it. I'm pissed off, I don't have the life I want. And nobody else is gonna give it to you. These are three things you need to understand. If any one of these elements is missing, you'll never have the right mindset. The G mindset will never formulate if any one of these elements is missing. All three are absolutely essential. And the sooner you get your act done, the sooner you start to panic and worry and be concerned that you're 24, 25, you're not fucking rich yet. There's 24 and 25 year olds out there who got a contract for a fucking NBA with their parents or they won the lottery, who knows what. There's 24 and 25 year olds out there who are multimillionaires fucking the hot models. These Instagram girls with three million followers, they're getting dicked by someone and it ain't you. And that needs to piss you off. You need to get concerned, you need to get worried, you need to, shit, I'm running out of time. You need to get some urgency in your life. Put these three things together. It's absolutely essential. It's the beginning of the G mindset. When you have these three things, three things totally done, I'll tell you what happens. Tell you what happened for me. So I became a sayer. So my brother said, you've become a sayer. And what that means is, I made a pact to him that my word was going to break strength and honor. And that if I said something, I meant it. So if I woke up to my brother and so I'm doing a thousand press press-ups, or I'm running 20 miles, I would do it. Because if I didn't do it, I'd feel like a dickhead. Because when you instill these mindsets, when, you, when your mindset changes, you start to be extremely accountable for yourself. No one's coming to save you extremely accountable so when you realize that your word is one of the few things you have on this planet if you say things you're gonna start sticking to it so then it becomes very easy to train. You say I'm gonna train every day this week I'm training two hours a day. As soon as you said it it's basically done. If I say something it's basically done. It's it's set in stone. If I say something I'm going to do it. There's no way I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna make say some words and speak them into existence in this on this planet. And then I'm gonna be the kind of pussy who quits so because it's too hard. If I say I'm going to do 10,000 push-ups, I'm going to do it. Because I'm the kind of person who sticks to the words he says. And this is another thing you don't with GMT. you very, very specific with what you say. Because if you instill your mindset correctly, and you start to just say things, just start saying things. Then you hold yourself accountable. Say things you don't even think you want to do. Wake up and go up to your friend or your mom or whoever and say, you know what? I'm going to do 1,000 push-ups today. Say it to people. And they're going to say, no, you're not. So watch me. And then you have a choice. You're either going to succeed like a G or going to be a little pussy. You're going to quit at 310. This is hard. What kind of man are you? That's a decision you need to do. If You're the kind of man I was. I'd say shit and I'd fucking stick to it. My brother said, you become a sayer. I used to train with my brother. He'd say, let's do 500. he let's do 2,000. He'd say, well, you've said it now, so we have to do it. I'd say, exactly. I said it now, so now we have to do it. There is no surrender. Right? We have to do it. This is another facet of the G mindset. Number four. You've got to start saying shit, and your word has to be iron, unbreakable. I didn't say depression isn't real. I said feeling depressed is real. But the idea that depression is going to strike you in your mind, and there's nothing you can do about it, I think that is promoting helplessness amongst depressed people, and that's the reason they killed themselves. I don't think that making people helpless in an unfortunate Mm. situation is the great thing to do. You have to give people hope. And I explained that when you believe in something, you give it power. So I tried to say that when I felt at my lowest and I achieved the most I've ever achieved in my life, the reason I was capable of doing that is because I didn't believe in the paradigm of being a depressed person. I just believed that this is how I currently feel and fuck it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get my life better. And i gave a very simple example an analogy i said if you take two people one believes in ghosts and one doesn't you put them both in haunted houses and in the middle of the night there's a bang the person who believes in ghosts is now terrified there's a ghost they're calling an exorcist they're panicking in the room they're hiding the person who doesn't believe in ghosts goes wind and goes back to sleep it's the same noise it's the same scenario but it's the belief in their mind that tariff and ruins their life. Yeah. It's the belief in their mind yeah. that turns against them. And I've said this many times. I don't even give a shit about right and wrong. You can tell me depressions, you can give me every scientific proof in the world depression depression. I refuse to believe in things that take my power away from me. I'm only going to construct a mental model that allows me to be as powerful as possible if believing in the idea of depression is going to take my own power away then i won't believe in it i don't want to believe in things that make me weak i believe in things that make me strong and someone goes Well, you're wrong listen let's assume let's assume you're correct and that makes me wrong let's say that you're right and you're depressed why would i want to adopt the thinking of a man who is sad why would i want to think like you wouldn't it better to be wrong and be happy and have a sports car and a yacht and, and a private jet? You want to talk about right? Look at your life. Why, I, don't talk about right and wrong. Let's talk about success and results. Yeah. I don't believe in things that take power. I never have. So when people email me and they say, I'm depressed, I'm depressed, I'm depressed. And what's funny is this I talk to them and they desperately defend the idea of depression. I'm like, my friend, you just told me you're too depressed to be successful and depression has destroyed your life and you lost your girl. I'm telling you that enemy, the enemy in your life isn't real. And you're now sending me 10 emails a week trying to convince me that your enemy is a real thing. Why are you sticking up for your en- This person, whatever it is, this idea destroyed you and you're putting your energy into defending it. You should be on my team. Whose team are you on here? You wanna sit here and convince me, I'm never gonna believe you. I'm never gonna adopt your thinking because your life is not yeah. successful enough for me to emulate. So why don't you try to adopt my way of thinking? Stop defending this. And they're defending it because it's a cure-all excuse. Depression or sadness is a cure-all excuse for men to use for failure. I have failed. This is why they say I don't believe in men's mental health Well, the man the man who's depressed can't compete with the man who's not depressed, this, this quote. I say, listen, you get to roll out be fat be out of shape be broke be unimportant with no girlfriend and instead of the world thinking you're a loser you get to say i'm not a loser i'm depressed it's a shield yeah. and i say that's why you don't want to lose your shield because now you have accountability yeah. now you have performance to so cop out fuck it off i don't give a shit if it's real or not we're not about that we're talking about success here get rid of your excuses stop defending the thing that's ruined your life and get to fucking work and every time anyone has ever listened to me in history ever Every single one of them has transformed their lives and messaged me positive messages after. Me. Every single fucking time. That's why I'm, I'm anti-antidepressant. Because that pill ain't gonna fix you the way becoming the man you wish you were is gonna fix you. Lesson one: speed. Now, I tell this to everybody all the time, and nobody understands what I'm trying to say. I'm gonna try and articulate it. Speed is extremely important in business. Everything that needs to be done must be done fast. That doesn't mean it has to be done cheap, it means it has to be done quickly. People seem to conflate the two, that if you do something quickly, it must be terrible. That's not the case. When you're a professional fighter, you learn to punch. Your instructor says faster, 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 you learn to punch faster. You don't degrade your punch, you don't start punching like an idiot. You keep the same quality of punch, but you do it quicker. Now, nobody in the world, the modern world especially, especially if you're dealing with creative people in any kind of regard, they don't understand speed. Numbers people kind of understand speed. Creative people don't understand speed. And this is their they have a strength and a weakness there. Creative people have something I don't have. They're very creative and they can see things I can't see, but it takes time. I'm the complete opposite. I want everything done straight away now. But speed is super important for a business, and I'm going to tell you why. So whatever you're thinking of doing, whatever the business you're thinking of running, you need to do things quickly. If an airplane, everyone knows how planes work, is flying through the sky, even if its engines fail, it will continue to fly. If the engines fail, it will not fall out of the sky and instantly crash to the ground. It will continue to fly. Do you know why? Because it has forward momentum. It's going forward, and that means the wings are creating lift. Air is going underneath the plane. As long as the plane goes forward, it will not fall and fail. And a business is exactly the same. The key with business is to make sure you're always moving forward, always producing content and always doing everything you can as quickly as possible while maintaining the quality. Do not conflate quality with speed. You can do the same. If you have an idea right now and you have someone you're working with, let's say you do a new website. You tell the company, it's going to take two weeks. No, it's not going to take two weeks. It's going to take three days. I'm going to find someone You can't do it in three days. I'll find someone who can. You can build a good website in three days. People have unrealistic, stupid time Everyone thinks things take forever. Things don't take forever. Things can be done quickly. I know, because I've done it. I've I've pushed people, or done it myself, and seen what's gonna be done. You know what I could do in two weeks? Me, as a man who knows nothing about web design, in two weeks, I could learn web design and build a website. And I know nothing. So how the fuck can you, the guy who knows websites, take two weeks to build a fucking website? It's garbage. Everyone is slow. Being slow is deadly to a company for two reasons. One, the faster you get things online, the faster you start making money. Now, if you make money today because you were in a rush, let's say you quickly push and you get it online today and you make money. That's one universe. And another universe where it takes a week and you get it online. That week of making money is gone. That money is lost. The longer it takes to get something online, the less money you're going to make as a whole. If I start a company today to the end of my life, and start a company next month to the end of my life, the one I start today has been running longer, it's going to generate more money. The quicker things are done, the quicker money is made. It's as simple as that. That's starting a company. Even if a company is already online, speed is super important once again. I'll give you an example. Let's say, uh, I don't know, producing an advert. The faster you produce an advert, the faster it's out, the faster you get results. If you do it quick enough, you might be able to produce two adverts in the time that other people take to produce one. Now you have double the advertising that other people have. Speed. You have to attack and you have to move quickly. When I talk to people, people say to me all the time, I have a business idea. okay, A week later, I'll say, how's your business? Well, what business? You have an idea and it's been a week. Where's your fucking company? Where's your business? It's been a week, you ain't done shit. People are lazy, people are slow, people are complacent, including you. Everything must happen instantly, quickly, fast, speed, attack. Hitler conquered Europe with blitzkrieg. You need to go quickly. I cannot emphasize this enough. Lesson one, speed is important. Nothing can be slow. I'll tell you another quick story about this lesson. I went to a client for this job. They said I need a degree. I said, I don't need a degree. They're like, why didn't you go to university? Because I ain't got four years to waste in school. I'd rather get four years of experience out here working jobs. I'd rather have real experience and money in my pocket and learn the hard way than go to some school and sit around and drink alcohol and do drugs all these other university graduates. So, I'll work for free for one week. And if you don't think I'm good, don't give me job. So, i worked for free for a week and they gave me the job. So I'm a G. So there you go. That proves how pointless uni is. I got the job above all the graduates because I was prepared to do one week's free work. Well, it's better to do one week's free work than four years' free work while paying money to go. Waste of time. So I got this job at TriStar. I'm there. I break the company sales record in the first month because I was just on the phone. Hard work. Just call it, call it, call it. I would call everyone. Everyone in the office would laugh at me because we were a real small business. I would call the companies like all of us, like the huge companies that we never stood a chance of getting a deal with. I'd call everyone, tenacious. So I broke company record in the first month I landed three 40 grand deals, 120 grand a month, 10%, 10% commission, 12 grand for me. I was 20! 12 grand! I have never had this kind of money in my fucking life. I couldn't believe it. Turns out, top salesman there, besides me, because I broke a company record in the first month, the best salesman there was a guy called Dan. He wanted to start his own TV company. So I'd only been there a month. Now I'm having lunch with Dan, the number two in the company, and he's saying, I'm gonna go start my own TV company, I wanna make you plan. So I only work for this company a month and a half before I quit and start my own TV company. I'm 20, I own 50% of the TV advertising games. Speed! If you are moving fast, you cannot fail. Speed wins. Get the money in. Get a deal. Produce the advert. Get it out. Get someone else in. Get money. Now speed. No, we can't wait. Wednesday meeting. Oh next Wednesday. No, it's not next Wednesday. It's tomorrow. Tell them we'll go there tomorrow. They can only travel to us next Wednesday. We'll go to them tomorrow. We have to close the deal now. Money, 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 money now. Speed. I cannot empathize this enough because it is my entire business philosophy. If I have to give you one important point, this is the reason it's the first point. Speed. And everybody is slow. And if you start to work like me, you'll realize everyone's slow and that's okay. But things must happen quickly. It's extremely important. can never be depressed if I never slow down. Speed is extremely important. Speed defies gravity. How do? How does a plane fly through the air and defy gravity? Speed. It's moving too fast to fall. If you're always attacking life, if you're always doing things, if you're always making more money, if you're always traveling the world, doing this, doing that, new car, here, there, new podcast, me and James English, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, if you're always doing things all the time, unhappiness can't catch you. But I also know that speed is a is a fantastic way to be happy all the time. I'm always, looking forward. I'm always looking forward to something. I wake up every day excited. I'll go do this today. I'll go do this today. I'll go do this today. And I very much live my life in a frame of not a, I have to do this. It's very much a, I get to do this. There's another thing that a lot of people make a mistake with when I talk to them. Like, oh, I have to go to work today. Change your language. I get to go to work today. Imagine you had no job. It'd be worse, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't be working. So you get to go to work. Oh, I have to fix the car. At least you have a car. You get to fix your car. Most people don't got one. Oh, I have to go get the kids. You get to go get the kids, because you have these beautiful children who love you. You understand? People's even their own language is wrong. It, the world is, can be framed. Maybe I'm completely crazy. Maybe I'm full of shit, like you said. Maybe I am. But the frames I've installed in my mind are all beneficial to me. So if that makes me crazy and full of shit, good because I can't become depressed so you can sit there and tell me I'm full of shit while you're depressed and I'm happy and I would never want to adopt the thinking of a depressed person people will people will shield laziness with anything no one wants to admit they're lazy so they'll shield it with disbelief ah oh, that's a scam or I don't work hard I work smart bollocks more more cover For just la- anything it takes to say do you I don't that- want to work do you believe in that work smart or not harder I believe in both yeah but there's a time when it comes to work smart and most people are trying to do the smart work before they do the hard work it's kind of like talent right you don't notice if you're talented at something until all the hard work's done yep. I could be the most talented tennis player in the world but I don't play tennis so if I go down the tennis court Joe Schmoe's gonna smoke me I don't get to see my talent until I've worked so hard that I'm in the top 1% and now I'm beating them because I have some God-given gift Yeah. you understand yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to do the hard work first if there's no hard work there's no smart work. So someone's going to sit there and go, I work smart. I don't work hard. So I only have to work an hour a day. If working smart gets you a lot done in an hour a day, then you should work smart for 12 hours a day and yeah. get 12 times the work done. I, I am absolutely and utterly a believer in hard work. I'm a proponent of hard work. I have all this money and all I do is work. My entire life is work. This podcast is work. I'm getting in the car and went to another meeting. Work. I want to go to the gym so I'm in good shape. Work. It's all work. My entire life is work. And people don't want to look at life that way. They want to talk about work-life balance and being lazy and all this crap. I don't believe in any of that. I believe in, if you want to win, you have to outcompete the man who's prepared to do nothing but work. It's player versus player. If you're gonna sit there and go, I don't want to work more than an hour a day. Well, the guy who does want to work more than an hour a day is gonna beat you. And no matter how smart you are, there's always a smart dude who's doing the same smart work you are for more hours than you're doing it. That's just the nature of the game. The way that humans work and the way that we are, we've evolved as a species is that we don't really learn lessons unless they're learned the hard way. Yeah. I believe that unless a lesson has taught the hard way, you're not gonna learn it. You can have so many near misses and people won't learn their lesson. Bro, you must know a guy who goes out there, nearly crashes his car, nearly crashes his car, nearly crashes his car, doesn't slow his ass down till he wrecks it. Yeah, like This is how people are, right? So you need that pain for the lesson to sting enough to really genuinely go inside of your mind. And it's the same with everything. It's the same with driving a car or business truthfully if you want to learn a lesson about business you're going to have to suffer at some point right Mm -hmm. so we always say that most people are not successful with their first companies xyz blah blah blah. i get that the truth is there's a lot of people who make a lot of money with their first company but they just spunk it act an idiot and it all blows up in their face and that's the and that's how you get the discipline on your fourth company that when you have three million in the bank you just leave it there you know it's yeah. and don't and don't be done with it. So you need to you need to go through some pain, you need to experience some negative things, you need to have to uh, to a degree some trauma to really even learn any lessons. So yeah, business studies, you're right, the book that's that's not going to teach you anything about business. You need to get out there on the streets. You need to you need to make some mistakes, you need to suffer, you need to have the tax man knocking at your door. You got to deal with all that stuff so that you make sure it doesn't happen again. I really think that, that humans are stupid enough to only learn the hard way. And, and life really doesn't have to be that complicated. When you see somebody that has something you want, you just gotta try and work out how they got it. Yeah. And that's the missing part. Most people see people with things they want and they don't do the, the second half. They don't try and work out how they got that thing. Oh, my man has a Ferrari, okay. I wish I had a Ferrari, okay. They don't sit there and go for an hour. How did he get a Ferrari? It doesn't cross that. That part is the part they don't want to do, right? They just go, oh, he's a Ferrari. Wish I had a Ferrari. And they go back to TV. Yeah. And that's why they lose. It's player versus player out here, man. It's on the street. It's not easy. For every dollar you make, for every pound you take, you took it from someone else. You don't make money. You take money. People don't understand the way that money works. You're not the Federal Reserve. You can't create money from thin air. Every single pound in your bank is money you took from someone else. And I don't, when I say take, I don't mean it in a negative way. You might have convinced them to give it to you. You might have a coffee shop. I'll give you a nice coffee. You'll give me some money. Cool. But you still took his money, right? So if you're out here trying to take stuff from other people, don't you want to have a team? You want to do it by yourself? You want to be Rambo? Because you get two of you doing it. You get two of you. That's right. So the whole idea of this lone soldier, this Rambo, I'll do it all by myself that's all dead bro you need to have a team it's player versus player and for the same reason if you were out here on the street and you want to defend yourself you want your boys around you it's the same thing with trying to get rich that you're laughing with your boys yeah. the brokey days are great and I'm not complaining about being rich obviously I worked hard for this and this and it's a fantastic life I live now but I think without those brokey days without those original days to compare it to without that juxtaposition then I don't think being rich would be fun at all I think it's only fun because you can compare it to the days when you weren't rich that's the only thing that makes it fun. The only thing that makes a $10,000 stake fun is that you can laugh saying how you never had 10 grand in your bank till you were 27 years old. Yeah. Like that's. Otherwise, it's boring. Otherwise, you, okay, stake. And I think if you're born with too much money, that you'll never truly be happy. I think you need the broken days, the best days. That's yeah. it. Up and down. This is how the world works. As a man, you must build yourself. And I agree that society puts huge pressure on men and it's time for men to perform. As a man, you need to perform or you don't. There's no no safety net. The men who say, I can't feel like it, cannot compete with the men who do not say that. And it's player versus player. The man who goes to the gym every single day, regardless of how he feels, will always beat the man who goes to the gym who feels like going to the gym. And it's player versus player. A good man controls himself. I have absolute self-control. Emotional control is absolutely and utterly important as a man. You need to understand as a man, There are certain principles under which you act, regardless of how you feel. Damn. I can wake up in a terrible mood. Mm -hmm. I can wake up sad. I can ache. I can have a a busy day, stressed, etc. I will complete the same tasks as if I woke up in a fantastic mood. I'll do the same thing, because how I feel has no bearing on the things I'm going to do in my day, because I have duty to myself. There is no light without dark. You will not appreciate your six-pack, unless you didn't have one, and you had to EARN it! That's how the world works. So when I talk to these dudes, like, oh, but it's... You know what, Tate, yeah, I agree, but you know it's hard, it's hard. Of course it is, it's supposed to be! And if you're not cut out for it, then fuck off and live a normal existence and die! Sit there, letting other men enjoy the spoils of being a man, and can die! That's what you want to do, is just sit there and exist, and then you fade into history unremembered, that's your decision. If you want to level up your character, then you need to get out here and do it. You need to be around brave men. You need to get some balls. You need to get your network together. You need to be paying attention, listen to the truth, humble yourself, stop sitting there with an ego. That's the game. But I made myself this way. I wasn't born this way. I absolutely not really made myself this way. And any single one of you men out here can do the same thing. I was always looking for, I wouldn't say happiness or contentment, but I was always looking to try and break out of the nine to five just the normal monotony of day-to-day life i think that men have a very unique life path and it's very difficult to try and achieve status as a man it's not easy to stand out from the crowd and even what women expect of an important man you need to be smart charismatic intelligent strong have a nice car nice apartment good network good friends you need to be able to handle stress, you need to be competent, you know, there's so many things you need to be able to do. It's difficult for a young man to even have all these things. You need to start leveling up your mentality, your spirituality, you need to level up your Physicality. ability. Physicality. Physicality. There's so many different ways you can level up, like a video game character, right? Once you have all the unlimited money, you can then start ticking all the stacked boxes. Knowledge. Knowledge. One guy's thinking, okay, well how do I make women respect me, I so Well, how do you respect yourself? that's the first thing no one's gonna respect you if you don't respect yourself mm. do other men respect you like what yeah. how do you act in a way that, that commands respect from anybody but i say look if you focus on yourself and make yourself be who you are being a high value male women will detect it and it won't be so difficult yeah. for you you have to respect yourself first and how does how does a woman respect a man when she sees that he respects himself and other men respect and you need to understand that the, the world you live in as a man in my personal view is very purposefully constructed There's Constructed in a way to destroy your masculine power and the future of the world especially in the west is a further encroachment on your sovereign ability your sovereign thoughts your base instincts the things that make you happy absolutely nobody is concerned with male happiness on any level they don't want you to be happy they want you to be miserable a miserable slave in a tax bracket and you have to understand this and the only way you can combat against it is to take significant action. You have to take significant action. You have to use the internet. It's the tool they're using. The internet is the tool they're using to brainwash the masses. You need to combat it and use their own tool against them to seek out the kind of information, knowledge, and friends that you need to have around you. You are going to be the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So that, if if, if everyone understands that, as an intelligent person, you're going to be extremely careful and you're going to create heavily the five people you hang around with. So you need to be aware of what's happening around you and you need to create for yourself a social network of people who understand that and are doing their best to combat that that is the most basic imperative of the masculine frame which has been destroyed in real time they are trying to convince you that you should act how you feel you should show more of your feelings If you feel this way, you should show it. If you wanna cry, cry. Look, I have no problem with guys crying. What I'm saying is the reason they're trying to bring out emotionality in you is most of the time you don't feel like doing the things you're supposed to do. But the true masculine frame throughout history was doing the things they didn't wanna do, but they knew they had to do because they had honor and duty. When you remove self-control from men, not only do you get emasculated weak men, but what you also get is very dangerous men. There are actually far less genuinely high-value men than there are pretty girls. You can go to any club in any country in the world. I've been to 72 countries. You can go to any club in any country in the world and see pretty girls. If you're going to find a young, in shape, smart, tall, intelligent, rich man, it's extremely difficult to find. And that man has options. He has more options than a beautiful girl. And I'll tell you something. There has always been a large proportion of men in the world who made the choice to stay where they are. And life for them wasn't that bad. But as as we reach the future and as, as time goes on, you're going to notice now that the people who don't chase having a masculine network, if they're not going to be excellent upon themselves and they're not going to be plugged into a serious circle of, of achievers, their life's going to become terrible. You could just be a normal dude and your life really wasn't that bad. But now we live in a situation where you just can't just be a normal dude anymore. Being a normal dude is no longer an option. So as a man, you have to be doing something to try and improve your status. There's lots of different ways to do it, right? But if you're a man with truly no status in society, now it's hard. Yeah, It's really hard. So you have to understand that as a man, you've got to gear your life in a certain way. One of the easiest ways to get status is who you know, right? A lot of it's networking, and if you know the right people, you can get some status at least of them to some degree. Every single man on earth with enough work can become one. That's the counter side, right? So there is there is hope at the end of the tunnel, but you gotta get up and do it. You know what I truly think a high value man is? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a few things, right? So there's there's the obvious evolutionary triggers. The easiest way to be a high value man is a man who's capable of violence. We look at it from a biological trigger. It doesn't matter if he's got muscles or he's big or he's tall, whatever. Women understand from a biological perspective they like a man who can fight. Yeah. It doesn't matter if your man had money, a Ferrari, everything. But if you knew for a fact if any dude stepped to him he'd get sparked, you wouldn't want. It. Right, so that's the first thing. We're suffering from cowardice. We talk about all the problems in the world. It's easy to talk about them all. But you can narrow them all down to the exact same thing. Cowardice. Cowardice. Masculine 100%. cowardice. All of it. All of this is masculine cowardice. That's all it is. You're not going to be able to imitate being a G. You have to go out there and you have to suffer as a man. you got to go through trauma to be a G as a man. Too many dudes out here are trying to imitate. That's what all this is. You're talking about game. You're trying to be something you're not. The real game is to be the man. That's game. As a man, you need to go through trauma. You need to go through difficult periods. You need to go through things which are extremely uncomfortable to become any kind of man of value. Every single woman on this panel, if you were to ask her to describe the kind of man she wants, she would describe a man who she thinks makes her feel safe, who is dominating, who is smart, who is charismatic, who is interesting, etc. You cannot be all of those things by accident. Any man who grows up with a very, very easy life, who never goes through anything, who's born with a silver spoon in his mouth is the exact kind of punk which these women don't want to touch, right? Right. As a man, you need to suffer and you will survive and you need to internalize it, not become a weirdo, accept that the trauma is what's going to make you strong enough to become the kind of man that's respected by society and you need to use it for your own advantage.